Welcome to Your Dream Gym, a podcast on the collective for fitness industry people, where we talk to fitness founders and fitness industry luminaries about their reasons for exercise, their favorite workouts, and what their dream gym would look like. I'm Guy Griffiths, and I'm one of the co-founders of The Collective, a network of fitness industry professionals whose purpose is to share, collaborate, and grow. So please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and get involved by liking and subscribing and reviewing and join the conversation online with the hashtag YourDreamGym. I'll be back after this week's guest with some collective news and details of next week's guest. You'll hear a brief word from our supporters this week in a moment, and then you'll be able to get straight into the dream gym of Glenn Thurgood from Wellonomics. This episode is supported by Explore Gym. Is your gym ready for the future, whatever it may hold? Get ready with Explore Gym. Flexible, intuitive, all-in-one management software that gives you everything you need to run your business up-to-date and completely digital. Explore Gym lets you create dream gym experiences with joining, booking, payments, access control, messaging, and more, all in one place. Simplify gym management and do more of what matters for your business. Book your Explore Gym demo at exploretechnologies.com. Today on Your Dream Gym, I'm joined by Glenn Thurgood, who is the co-founder of the Human Health Group, which incorporates training shared MyOp and Wellonomics. He's an ex-athlete and an athletic performance coach in professional sports. Um, but rather than go through all of his qualifications and LinkedIn, he's got nine published books, um, including the BMA Guide to Sports Injuries, the BMI Guide to Back Care, I won't go through them all, Plyometrics for Speed and Power. Um, and when we first met, I was very impressed that um, he pulled a copy of my book off his bookshelf, um, which was, uh, yeah, a, a, a bit random. But there you go. Welcome to your dream, Jim. Glenn Thurgood. Thank you very much. That's lovely. I, as you know, I love a book. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, all uh, I, I, I'm not going to pull one of yours off my bookshelf now. Um, and you're right. And I think I think mine's probably back in the office because you're um, in, in your other office over in Spain at the moment, aren't you? I am currently at my mother-in-law's house in Spain during the summer holidays. Um, so yes, it's, I, I brought a couple of books. I mean, here's the book that's beside me at the moment called Scaling right. Up. Scaling um, Up. But yeah, I, no, I normally travel with a few books and audio books, and yeah, I just love I love learning. I guess that's one Excellent. of the things. Scaling. Who's Scaling Up by? Let's reference it. Scaling Up is by Vern Harnish, um, and it's a Forbes book, and it's basically compartmentalizes all the four areas of what you need to scale up to people, strategy, execution, and cash. Nice. Um, according to him, if you get those four things right, you should be in a good position, which is obviously our plan. Because as you know, we've been on a bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. um, and like London buses, um, we now have three companies all about to take off at the same time, which is both exciting and scary. So a little bit of time spent over here, obviously for family reasons. Um, sure. so unfortunately, I lost my uh, father-in-law at the beginning of the year. So mm -hmm. we're here support family and you know sort of help with that um but equally sometimes you do need to take a break 
and you know i was out on my bike this morning and i was sort of kind of i know you're a cyclist as well and love cycling but i was kind of thinking about the whole i love long distance cycling you know i, I was an athlete i'm mm-hmm. an athlete emphasis on the x um and which showed me this morning when i tried to chase some madrid triathlete up the hill for you know 75 percent of it went well in the last 25 percent, i can't really actually remember what i what i could see or feel or, or hear so yeah my brain will never stop thinking i can do all those things but yeah business is a bit like a long distance bike ride isn't it you need to know where you're going you need to have all the fuels um and, and all the extra things along the way a little bit of tech doesn't help and a little bit of data collection is always good as i know you love as well as i do yeah, but yeah. Even, as i learned today in 34 degrees of heat maybe sometimes you just need to stop <laughs> stop relax just yeah. have a look around bit, get a bit of perspective and then again and actually some of my segments this morning which again love data some of my segments this morning were actually faster than I've done before. And I was just like, okay, well, this is cool. And I was just thinking, well, this is a bit like business, isn't it? It's like, you know, you do need to stop. So a little bit of being here is about stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the founders, Jack Young and Will Gooch, that, you know, a bit like brothers, I guess. We've been on this journey for nine years from the training shed. Um, fortunately, they're coming out for a week as well. So we'll probably do oh. a bit of work and a bit of play at the same time. So, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. here. Good. So yeah, not it's not it's not. I keep saying it's not hybrid. It's blended. But um, yeah, getting that getting that work and play um, blended. We, we've talked about that a lot. Whether it's you know getting a bit of sport or a bit of snowboarding in between your um, business meetings makes the world go round, right? Absolutely, and it's it's all changed, and it's everybody has different. You have to be really careful about this when you talk about it all the time. I feel like you always have to caveat everything these days. But it's you know everybody has their own journey, and every business has its own you know, constraints and operations, clearly in a service industry, you know, we run the training shed, um, mm-hmm. gym, um, and, you know, we have to be open. So, you know, it's not possible if you work in that facility to come and do, you know, six weeks in Spain and things like that. But then there's other businesses that we run, like our tech businesses, Wellonomics and, mm-hmm. and my Well, technically those people could work from anywhere, but it doesn't mean you can't change what happens in the training shed. You can't kind of blend the way that they work. Um, and that's what we've done with those guys is we've kind of done a lot of in-house stuff and a lot of hybrid, you know, the digitization of the industry. Mm. Um, you know, and as you know, there's a lot of problems within the industry retaining staff or just any industry at the moment. So I think you've got to look, you've got to look to different things and, you know, hospitality is one of them. I know lots of people that own restaurants that can't get a chef to work on a Friday and a Saturday. And I kind of understand that. So, yeah. you know, how, how do you got to start thinking differently, I think, which is the key. And that's kind of what we do at the human health group. We're just providing different solutions to our um you know to our teams so mm-hmm. that they can function better and be more productive um but equally you know get that balance of health and well-being and you know productivity and all those good things that wrap up into you know a nice journey for everybody so yeah. it's progress yeah absolutely um and uh in terms of so you've already answered one of the quick fire questions your last workout um but which is which is cool um <laughs> Uh, in terms of why you exercise, obviously there's the ex-athlete in you, so it's almost you have to, I guess, or it's it's it's, it's ingrained or built in. Um, but of course, of course, it changes as you get into your forties, as you, mm-hmm. you recently have. Um, so yeah, what what does exercise mean to you? Before we get on to talking about dreams, exercise for me really is it's life. It's just it, without it, I'm not me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I always grew up, I'm lucky that I'm fortunate enough to grow up in Suffolk on the beach and 
you know, I was very, very fortunate that although there's not a lot to do there, if you think about business and stuff like that, it's a lovely place to grow up. But if you mm. get into things like water sports, so, you know, as a kid, I was the youngest kayak instructor in the country at 18 because me and all my mates did kayaking. You know, we did our Gold Duke of Edinburgh and, you know, our Gold Duke of Edinburgh expedition was canoeing down the Dordogne, which probably shouldn't admit to anybody on air, but effectively every campsite we stopped at had a swimming pool and a bar and it was probably the easiest Gold Duke of Edinburgh expedition ever performed by four kayak instructors. So, you know, getting involved in activity, whether it's kayaking or snowboarding or cycling or or gym, and, you know, at the end of the day, gym for me is it's just essential for all those other things because mm-hmm. as an ex-athlete, as an ex-performance coach for 10 years in professional you know, sports, rugby, football predominantly, but lots of other sports, you know, the gym bit there is essential for human function or performance function and, and you know, attainability of goals and targets and all those things. And, you know, we, we peddle a lot of messages in the gym industry, which sometimes I think is the problem. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we know is not new. Um, osteoporosis, diabetes, mental health, all this stuff. The, the answer is always exercise. What the what gym, and if we say gym in the traditional sense of you know, pushing and pulling things and maybe running on a treadmill or weight-bearing exercises, swimming, Zumba classes, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, I think it just gives you that for an hour a day, let's be honest, 4%, we've heard that one before, yep. it just gives you that, that, I don't know, that kind of longevity in everything that you like doing. I don't want to be 80 and not be able to do what I do now. Now, I don't expect to be able to do it as fast as I can do it now. I mean, I'm already suffering from that this morning, like I said earlier, about chasing yeah. some mountain this morning. Um, but effectively, I still want to function. I still want to be there for my kids uh, or kid. I've only got one, but he's a you know he's a whirlwind in himself, as you probably yeah. understand as well. Um, but, you know, when I get to become hopefully a granddad or, you know, even a great granddad if I live that long, which will be, I think, supported by a healthy lifestyle. Mm. I want to be able to move. I want to have a quality of life. And I think, for me, that's what exercise is. It's life. It's, it's what makes me me. It keeps me sane. It gives me thinking space, especially when I'm out on the bike. But fundamentally, you know, as an athlete, as a performance coach, I understand that I need to have muscles to support my skeleton so that I can move better. And mm. if that happens, all of the other physiological things can be better as well so yeah without boring too many people with physiology and science and all that stuff it just for me it makes common sense yeah absolutely but it but it is also that longevity and being able to to keep moving um and to keep snowboarding because you know oh can you still snowboard when you're 60 well it depends right absolutely yeah if if you're still pushing and pulling some weights regularly then yeah of course you can yeah and look we we hear lots of research now about cardiovascular stuff you know and cardiovascular you become better as you get older mm-hmm. um, lots of factors in that that contribute to it or don't contribute to it and everyone's different there's my caveats um but you know essentially yeah just before the pandemic we went skiing we we're fortunate enough to go skiing literally two weeks before everything kind of turned the world turned upside down and i remember being sat on a table with this guy and he's so really inspiring he was just you know oxford graduate philosophy doctorate um and his job was to invent towns and like develop towns. And he was doing one in Pakistan and one in somewhere else, whatever. But this guy was in his 60s, 65. And I remember talking to him over dinner one night and, you know, he was telling me all about this stuff. I was like, wow, this guy, this guy's busy. You know, how does he carry on doing this? 
So I spoke to him the next day. Well, he didn't say a lot, but his wife did because apparently he came off the top of the mountain in Urbergurgle. I don't know if you've yeah. ever been to Urbergurgle, but you know the the restaurant at the top, which is like on the border of Italy and Austria. Yeah. Well, you come out of there, you're supposed to sweep round. Well, he didn't. He took a sharp left and then just went straight down. Right over the edge. Yeah. But he survived. And he's 60, 65 or whatever he was. But it was because he was super fit and yeah. essentially fell down this bloody mountain. His wife was Scottish and her ex-doctor or currently a doctor, I think, maybe. Um, she was obviously panicking about everything. But this guy, you know, there's, there's a safety thing to staying fit and healthy as well. You know, this guy likes skiing. So he's 65. He works hard. He does all that stuff. But the guy fell off a bloody cliff. Um, and survived and yeah. you know, I don't think many people would do that at 65 if they weren't as active as what he was and I'm not saying that's why you need to stay fit but you know there's lots of reasons lots of reasons yeah absolutely and the mental side as well as you say it's the time on your bike or you know time to think um, or you know, time time out from the, the day to day as well right yeah completely and I think you know when you're busy when you're doing things like we are and you know, I just sent an email around to everybody today, you know, Fridays, and everybody knows what Fridays are like in the summer because we've all got kids. So you might be traveling on holiday or you might be coming back from holiday, you know, and essentially it can be a bit frustrating. So I, we just sent an email around this morning, we made a decision yesterday as a board. Um, so nobody's allowed to book anybody into meetings internally or externally from 1 p.m. on a Friday for the rest of the summer holidays. Yeah. Because really, let's be honest, what do you actually achieve between one and six on a Friday? So, and again, because we are health and well-being, what do we want people to do? Go for a walk, get on your bike, go and see some friends. Do, just, you know, doing things differently, you know, isn't always better, but better is always different. And I think we've been doing things the way we've always been doing them. And in our not reflecting and looking at how to do things better and again me being out here for six weeks is an experiment if it doesn't work guess what i won't come next year for six weeks i might come for a little bit less but i think this is the really exciting time and an opportune time especially for health and fitness how can we do better things um how can we reach more people but seriously if we keep doing what we've always done and again i did post this the other day i mean just ask einstein it's uh it's yeah pointless and it's insanity I was going to say the definite definition of madness from yeah from our time. Um, so yeah, so in terms of exercise, that's it's. I think I think it's it's pretty clear, and I think a lot of our listeners will will agree or will identify with that, Glenn. Um, in terms of the workouts that you love, so you've been out on your bike already this morning, early in the um, Spanish heat. Um, yeah. But what what other kind of workouts do you love? I um, don't ever show me an air bike because that makes me feel sick. Um, mm -hmm. But I, know I am a cyclist, so I, I yeah. just, uh, yeah, I hate them. And that's just, there's nothing wrong with them, it's just me. So yeah. um, I think they, just, they just hit me too hard. But I love a hit training session. You know, I love, you know, training shed is all about functional training. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, classes, I love being in a class with other people or even online with other people. Um, I, I do a lot more yoga now than I used to, um, especially, you know, as a cyclist and stuff. Um, mm -hmm it stretching back in the day when we did athletics but um you know anything that kind of i, I, I find most things enjoyable because if i'm moving i'm happy and so you know i do like a ski erg i love a ski erg to be honest um i love a rower i'm not sure it loves me um but you know anything that kind of gets my heart rate up and you know really sort of taxes my whole body so mm. i'm just i'm fortunate enough that my core 
or maybe not so much now, but my core was always my strongest part of me, which I always used to say, you know, cause your foundation, your limbs come off of it. Always make sure you've got a strong core. And I think that stops you getting back pain and all sorts of stuff. And interestingly, during the pandemic, being sat on my bum for a bit longer in front of the computer, um, funnily enough, my back twinged twice. I've never had it before. Fortunately, I know what I'm doing. And I sort of said to my wife, right, you can absolutely go to work on me now. I need this for the next hour. And I managed to put myself back to bed together. But, yeah. you know, effectively, core training. I love core. Love a bit of biking. I like weights. I just don't lift as heavy as I used to. Um, more sort of muscular endurance stuff. Yeah. Okay. And the, you, you mentioned classes, you know, classes online, classes in person. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, there was a lot more online and, and there was a lot of online stuff coming out um, of the training shed. Um, but what's how, how does that look now? And are you doing, will you be doing online um, training or online classes this week, for example? Yeah, come on. So, I mean, my zone, obviously, you know, we've got a big partnership with my zone. And during yeah. the pandemic, we, I mean, we, we closed earlier than everybody else in the pandemic. As I said, I was on that skiing holiday and literally came back and Jack and Will just sat down and went, this is not good. No. And you know, we, we, we took a decision before Boris. And I think we probably were the first gym to close. And we closed a week earlier than everybody else. And interestingly, during that week, that's when we spoke to our landlords and asked for a rent reprieve, which interestingly at that time, everybody said yes, because no one really knew what was going on. But during yeah. that week, we actually filmed loads of online classes because we knew that we were going to have to do this. So um, interestingly, our classes sit on the MyZone platform for all of our customers. Yeah. Um, but I'm in those classes, which is kind of weird <laughs> when, um, you know, you're doing them and you're looking at your TV and you're going, oh, well, actually, and you look at yourself, and you think, do I feel better than when I filmed it or do I feel worse? And interestingly, Alexa, who's our lead coach at the training yeah. shed, she does them and she's the person that is talking during the classes. Yeah. And we've had a couple of funny conversations, but you know, I've found myself saying exactly the same thing in person as what I'm saying on the camera to Alexa when she's asked. So she'll ask me a question on the camera in, in the actual video and she'll ask me a question and, I, and I've actually answered her. Obviously, I'm in my own space, so nobody thinks I'm weird or anything. So I've, I've kind of like answered her back and I've got, oh my God, I've just answered her exactly the same. So um, yeah, it's all a bit weird, but hit classes, we we do Tabata, um, a little bit of science, uh -huh. you know, and then we've invented a couple of others called Nonstop, which I don't think needs any explanation. Yeah. Uh, fused. But yeah, there's some good yoga content. I like a bit of Swift. Um, okay. So yeah, so I do, you know, even though I can get on my bike and go out, if, you know, if I can go and do a Swift session, quickly it does negate me having to travel anywhere and obviously mm. we did lose a couple of training sheds during the pandemic so there is that we don't have one in my local area um but obviously as you can probably imagine i built one in my garage so i have everything i need on my doorstep which is convenient i yeah. do miss the shed but you know i can do lots of classes in there whenever i want which is always convenient nice nice so it's a mix so a weekly you know a weekly workout plan would look like a couple of bike rides maybe a swift depending on the weather or depending on timing or travel as you say but then some on online workouts and some some in-person ones as well yeah i mean mondays is um mondays is weights tuesdays is um a bit of yoga and a bit of swift so I do yoga in the morning a bit of swift 
Um, I mean, every morning I do 30 minutes on the bike when I wake up. So Monday right. to Friday, I get up, drag myself out of bed, go into the garage, jump on and just do 30 minutes. So I just watch the news or something or listen to a, an audio mm -hmm. book or something like that. Nothing too taxing, just in the legs. Over. But then in the evening, I kind of alternate. And uh, Mondays, yeah, I kind of do a bit of weights. Uh, Wednesdays is weights. Thursdays is um, do some swift. And uh, sorry, Tuesdays is Swift. Thursdays is um, sometimes a bit of boxing. So I've just started doing a little bit of boxing as well. Okay. Yep. Um, it's quite fun. Um, so I just put an app on. So I, think I use something at the moment called Punch Lab, which they've got a free 45 minute workout on it. We don't work with them, so this is not a plug. I'm just telling you what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, essentially, it's free 45 minute. And with interest, we've just been talking with Jamie Cartwright and, and, and Dickie to yeah. work with them at Box 12. So I'm going to start doing their stuff. But I've, I've never really boxed, never really boxed properly. I definitely wouldn't take a punch with this nose, that's for sure, or this chin. Um, but I just kind of put my gloves on and do put my headphones on and just do 45 minutes, and it's it's quite nice. And then yeah, Fridays, I, I might do another – Thursdays is, is weights, and then Friday I might do another swift or go outside, like you say, and do a bit of a cycle. Saturday morning I normally do a cycle with friends. So Matt, who runs our Myop company, and a few of my mates, you know, we'll go out and do a few around the Shire, as we as we call it, um, or we might do it on a Sunday. And whichever one I don't bike on, I then um, essentially uh, have a rest day. Yeah. So I need to be quite methodical. So that's that's me every week, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. A, a, a great program. I think it's probably one of the, one of the most in-depth training programs that we've had so far on the podcast. But I wouldn't expect any less. So. Well, exactly. This is the problem. I can't. I can't function if I don't have structure. That's the problem. And as an ex-athlete, emphasis on ex, and obviously performance coach. That's all I've done for God knows how many years. Twenty plus years is right. Periodized training programs. So, you know, even though I'm not a performer, as what I'd call an elite performer, I still want to be able to function and perform. But it's more so to do with life and business, not necessarily as much as. As winning things although i do if you check my miser you know I, i'm normally competing on swift and trying to to win stuff but you know cool. it never happens that's the only problem cool so uh let's get into your dream gym then um and we we, we were chatting earlier off air it's it, it's possibly even something you have been dreaming about perhaps because you, you saw this episode recording coming up but, um yeah. what did, what does your dream gym look like then it is kind of weird, and I know you, you said you'd bring it up, but I was just, I was like, should I mention it? But I did actually dream about pitching a dream gym last night. Don't ask it. Maybe it's the hot weather over here, or subconsciously you're rooted in the back of my braid somewhere. But sorry about yeah, that. That's okay. I've had worse dreams, but you know, effectively, I, I was sat in a room, and there was a load of squat racks down the side, and just like an average kind of offering from a corporate, because as you know, in trainship we work in corporates as well. Mm -hmm. That's quite an exciting space for the industry to get. But, you know, the average, you know, just standard setup. No instructors there. Just use it whenever you want. And I was in this room, and it's kind of like a lecture theatre. And I was listening to this guy at the front who I couldn't work out who he was to start with. And you know, he was talking about health and well-being and happiness and productivity and all this stuff that we do at Wellonomics. And I remember, and I remember lying there this morning. I was obviously fast asleep dreaming this. And I was just like, I need to say something. I need to say something. And most people that know me know that I don't keep quiet if I've got something to say that might be useful. I, well, I think might be useful, but, yeah. you know, say it, don't, don't uh, kind of dwell on it. 
And so I plucked up the courage in this dream to um, start talking to this guy and I started pitching my dream gym, which is a bit weird. And then I worked out that the guy was Adam Newman, who founded WeWork. Yep. So random dream, but my dream gym went something like this. And it was, for me, you've got to start with, and I remember listening to, to Kevin from Tribe and him talking yep. about some of the extra things. So I, I want to start from the outside. So, you know, if this is a dream, it's going to be a dream. It needs to be in an amazing location. So let's just forget how we get people there. But let's just imagine everybody can time travel or yeah, yeah, sure. in a helicopter. But yep. it needs to be on the top of a mountain overlooking the sea and basically in the most amazing natural environment that you could possibly imagine. Nice. Yeah. So that the but we're back we're back at the top of Obergogel or, or, or somewhere like that, but but mm. overlooking the sea as well. Overlook got to see the sea as well. Because I just yeah. I and again, strange thing to say, but I love trees and I love pine trees, so it needs to be set in pine trees. There's the Oregon um training facility mm. with Nike where you know they've got the track that where they've got the trees in the middle of it and stuff. Never mm. been, but I think you know, I'd love love to just have you know, that kind of setting. So you get all those nice smells that Kevin was talking about inside your gym. Well, you know, maybe the outside can kind of waft in, but sea air, sea breezes, pines, sun, all of that sort of stuff would just be right. an, an amazing setting. So mm. something overlooking the sea up on the building would be kind of obviously an eco side of stuff and, you know, basically make sure that the gym was self-sustainable. Mm -hmm. to cut into the side of the cliff or something or or maybe that might not be too ecological but you know something that basically was self-sustainable and, and ran off off grid or something that you know could work like that. i remember we went into a uh, an investor's early days training show i think we were four years into our project and we were you know adding sheds and i remember sitting down with a potential investor mm -hmm. and he kind of asked me the same question what's your dream gym and i said well i want it to be kind of like this dome which is sunk in, it's a bit like Gary Neville's house, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. Yeah, so like sunk into the earth and kind of, you know, and I sort of pitched all this, yeah, and it's got to be, you know, self-sustainable and, you know, uh, you know, uh, generate electricity or solar panels or so. And I remember this guy just turned around to me and he went, why? I went, why not? And he was like, well, why would you do that? Why would you spend all that money? I said, but surely this is the right thing. This was like four or five years ago. Um, sure, that that's the right thing to do. Why why shouldn't we be doing that? I think this yeah. is a good thing. And I think if we're talking about human health and fitness and well-being, all this stuff, then surely that has to correlate to, you know, planet health or environmental health. And he just turned around to me and said, no one cares. And I literally sat there and went, no, I'm in the wrong meeting here. So I, yeah. I kind of I didn't... I didn't stand up and storm out. I'm not that sort of person, but I kind of sat there and we carried on the conversation. And as I left, I was like, thank you very much. And I was just like, no, he is not the right investor for me. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for your time. Don't call me. I'll call you. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And the, the funny thing was, he's one of our customers as well, but I won't go into any more of that. But, no. um, you know, uh, yeah. So anyway, that was a bit of a strange one. But I think I think there's a responsibility for us as we build, and I love architecture and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, exciting spaces spaces that look nice spaces that feel different you know the, the the gym the traditional gym with lines of treadmills and whatever that's what we've tried to do at the shed so why can't the outside be better why can't the why can't the actual facility be sustainable mm. um you know and effectively if we can combine physical mental health with environmental health and 
you know, our footprint on the planet and all that sort of stuff, then why not? Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Really, really important to me too, Glenn. But um, yeah, if you're, if you're trying to increase your longevity and then your, you know, your kids' longevity, et cetera, et cetera, then yeah, same, same for the planet, right? It, totally. It's, I mean, it completely, that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's a no brainer. Yeah. So yeah. we, we should all do, we should all do more where we can, which I know is difficult because we've got models that we need to change and stuff. But I think with the right will, you know, passion and everything, I think it is possible. Yeah. So there's a um, so it's a it's a uh, it's on a mountain overlooking the sea, lovely clean air. Um, but it but it is a, it is ultimately a building, albeit an eco building. But I, I'm guessing there is a blend between indoor and outdoor exercise, knowing knowing yeah. what 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 you love. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and you know, go back to my roots. There has to be a track. Another yeah. track. And I don't know if you've seen it, but I, maybe it was linked. It maybe it was Facebook or Instagram or somewhere. But there was a track, I'm pretty sure it's a concept. I don't think this place exists, by the way, but I'd love to build it. So essentially, if you think about a track, it's just 400 meters. Yeah. Okay. But then what we do a lot of, and this is one of my biggest bugbears, is when people start talking about hill training, and then they basically go and run up a hill that's got an incline more than 4%. And I'm like, that's not hill training. You are now doing what I would call psychological mental training because anything over four percent changes your your biomechanics for running uh, and effectively is all the time so you know if you're going to run up a high hill like this that's that's not going to aid you if you're going to run a marathon or run a half marathon or, or whatever so mm-hmm. there's one of my bugbears so in this track that i saw there was an you kind of you pull off on the bend where the maybe where the steeplechase water jump was and then you'd off you'd go, and it would rise up at a four percent gradient, okay, all the way up round the side of the hundred meters, finish straight, and then come all the way back down to kind of finish at the other end, two hundred meters down at the track. So you kind of get this hill training bend mm. that kind of crescendoed up into this nice flat bit down the hundred meter straight, but at the right four percent gradient, and basically carrying on with the eight lanes or whatever it might be, um, depending on whether you're doing internationals, but. You know, effectively yeah. in this kind of proper hill training add-on to a track. Because, again, tracks have not changed since the Olympics was founded. Um, tra- you know, athletics, you're always looking for a bloody hill that's 4%. <laughs> um, you know, and it's difficult, especially if you live in somewhere like the Lake District because they're all like 44%. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, essentially if we, yeah, a, a track that would be conducive to doing hill training so we could quash that. Yeah, like, okay. I'm thinking it's 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 I mean it's almost it's almost a velodrome, or but yeah. but but so but but not banked obviously because you need to run on it or yeah. it the other I can't remember the level but it's there's a level in Mario Kart where where you, where you do go up and then you can you can speed speed up and drop back down. Um, I, I know the level. I don't know the name, but I yeah. yeah my son plays Mario Kart. Well, sorry, I play Mario Kart with my son. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I know exactly. But yeah, just like that. Just like yeah. that. Okay, perfect. So a track that's going um, around, presumably around the outside, or it's there um, available. And what else is in the gym itself, Glenn? What's the uh, so no, no air bikes, presumably? No, no, definitely no air bikes. Um, no. No, there probably would be some, but uh, uh, somebody else can use those. Um, yeah. Definitely you know, a nice collection of things. Um, as you know, training sheds a lot of open space, so mm-hmm. you know, that's what I like. So you know, nice big green areas. I think Worcester Warriors have got like this huge, or one of the first ones I ever saw. Back in the day when I was working in rugby, you know, it was this huge indoor 
it's a bit like a Parisi Speed School, um, Michael Johnson Performance Center, which is kind of where mm -hmm. we took some of our inspiration from. But, yep. you know, nice big open spaces um, where you can just grab some kit and make up your own circuits, have some classes on there. You know, um, the gym's got to be open. It's got to be yep. so you can see everything from everywhere. Because one of the big things that my dream gym would have to be is inclusive for everybody. And, and what I mean by inclusive, I'm talking from eight years old, six years old, all the way up to, I don't know, 106, 108. Because I think that's where you get the really good community. And so, you know, my dream dream gym has to have a community where, you know, everybody's together. And you can kind of see those lives. Because I think it's inspiration as well. If you're six and you see, you know, professional athletes in there, it's like, oh, that's quite good. And training sheds, we've had people like Brian Habana, Neil Back. We've had professional tennis players you know, football. So we, we cater for everybody. So for some people, that's inspirational. And even if you're an armchair watcher, it's yeah. still inspirational. Oh, I was the so-and-so. And I remember working at the third space and The Rock came down one day um, with his bodyguard, who was twice the size of him. And, you know, quite quite frankly, I was inspired and in awe, but I definitely didn't try and go and do what he was doing with his bodyguards because different level. So I think, you know, something that's really inclusive and everybody's there. Um, and I think, you know, just open spaces. And again, I've, I've got, I've got no, nothing to say about, you know, should you have this or should you have that? Because I think fixed plate stuff is good with pins. I think cardiovascular machines are good. Everybody knows I'm not a massive fan of a cross trainer, but that wouldn't say that I'd not put it in there. Mm. But, you know, effectively some Vertimax things, lots of little toys and gadgets. Some of the stuff that I'd have used in my performance days, um, you know, there might be a little room off to the side, like the Madrid lab that I saw, you know, with the isokinetic dynamometers in it or speed gates and things like that. So we can bring some of the professionalism stuff into Joe Public because at the end of the day, we've got the same bodies. Um, you've just got different start and end points, as you know. Um, but, you know, trying to bring in that wealth and breadth of kind of knowledge so that the people that work in it, because it definitely needs people, by the way. Yeah. They're actually interested in what they're doing and actually see this as a career rather than a job. So, you know, if you came in at a level two or not even have a qualification, we'd help to train you up. But all the way up to like the, you know, sort of master's level, PhD, maybe even people that are kind of doing the sports science bit. So totally open, inclusive, maybe a couple of little rooms. There might be a studio for obvious reasons so you can pump the music up. Yep. But obviously, you know, as you can probably imagine, that'll probably be on the balcony overlooking the beach. Um, yep. Nice. You know, and uh, yeah, I think that, Kind of those big open areas is really what it would be about. Nice, and I and I guess I mean if yes, if there is a studio balcony overlooking the beach, that's also a get together part for education, both members and staff. You're talking about you're talking there about developing members, obviously, but developing staff as well is important to make sure that they're engaged and retained. Yeah, hugely. I mean, you know, that's that's what we do really at the Trench for Educators. So you know, yeah. there would definitely be some kind of you know, coming away from the physical gym bits. Um, and I'd love a pool in there, by the way, as well. One that would kind oh, of yeah. go from outside, inside to out as well. Um, maybe a lap around the building or, or something like that. So a couple of lanes that just went all the way around. And I'd probably chuck in a velodrome as well down the bottom, as you know. Okay, yeah, why not? Well, might as well, if, it, if yeah. I can have what I want. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, and obviously outdoor area for training. I'd love a trim trail kind of that would run through the trees. Yeah, a little bit of an obstacle course there. I mean, if, why not? If we can, if, if there's no limits, we might as well do the whole lot. Because I, yeah. it's about creating a well-being park. 
So instead of just it be a gym, because I think, you know, the word gym has different meanings for lots of people. For sure. Some good, some bad. But I think, yeah. you know, if you can create a destination where, you know, mum goes off and does this and dad goes off and do does that. And, you know, it, look, it's on the side of a mountain. So maybe some rock climbing would be great. I mean, that's great for developing mm-hmm. its strength and it's quite an interesting, nice thing to do, whether it's natural or whether it's up the side of the building. You know all those sorts of things, and we've we've I've put some of these sorts of things in places before, which you know have been really. I think it's the Reebok Club in Canary Wharf where you've got the climbing wall up the middle. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, it is, and it, and I think that you know engaging and inspiring kids, you know, is really important. Or or just a simple trim trail or outdoor gym or you know areas where they can, you know, it's a playground, but actually it's a playground that's helping you with your strength, agility. And all those things, so that it, you know it, it can be a family destination. And that the pool, so that it's the swim in out pool. I love that. Um, and, and again, particularly at ski resorts, you can't can't beat swimming from a, a lovely warm swimming pool outside into the you know, doing the dash into the hot tub across the ice. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Are, you, are you going? Are you going Wim Hof? As he's been on, uh, he's going. Love, love a bit of Wim Hof. Um, in terms of the, the I mean, the guys. Oh, ice plunge pole up there. Yeah, I love all that. I mean, you know, everybody that, you know, anybody that knows me from professional sports day, I was like the ice bath king. You know, I used to stand over people with stopwatches in pre-season and basically be like, right, come on, you're all going in. We, we used to have um, an ice bath that would travel with us to away games and stuff and you won't get mm-hmm. on the coach to go home until afterwards. And, you know, it, for me, as a performance coach, you know, uh, ex-athlete, it's all about the one percent and doing all the different things. So, one of our investors has just um, bought in the human health group has just bought himself a, a Wim Hof style ice bath for his, you know, because we did a nutritional reset that we do, yeah. and part of it, part of the information was have a cold shower every day, which I I love an ice bath. I've got no problems with it. I've done it for years. It's not always the way for some people. Like my yeah. wife was, I'm not doing that. That's just that's just not happening. Um, but I, I don't mind it. It's a challenge, I guess. Maybe there's something in that. But yeah. it actually, when you get out, and because I grew up surfing in the North Sea, if you've been surfing with two wetsuits on and a skull cap and booties and everything in February when it's snowing, an ice bath's not a problem. No. So, you know, essentially, all that cold water plunge stuff that you get at some of these sort of larger kind of centres now, yeah, absolutely, all of that sort of stuff. Because it all helps... It's all part of the holistic thing of well-being and creating, um, you know, better people. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really interesting to see. I think Tom Pidcock at the tour this year was sat in a portable ice bath, talking about marginal gains and the one percent. Um, yeah. There's 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 Garrett Thomas doing a warm down of the bike, and in in the back of shot, Tom Pidcock was, was sat in an inflatable ice ice bath at the back of the Ineos bus. Well, they had the nutrition guy on the other day for um, I can't remember what team it was, but he was wearing an ice vest. Oh yeah, yeah. Not even the cyclist, and they're giving him ice. But and I'm like, that's brilliant. You know, what, yeah. why is it you just look after the cyclists and not the backroom staff? Because if they're not, fun, you know, f- focusing and functioning properly, then essentially, you know, that's part of your team. So the fact he was stood there wearing his ice vest, I, I was just like, that's brilliant. That's what it should yeah. be like. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, supporting. So that 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 comes back to the the gym, and it's as you say, it's supporting everyone from eight to one hundred and eight or. However old we will be when um, all this all, all this well being works, yeah. Um, so yeah, sounds amazing. Uh, particularly on a mountain, I love it. Um, it's actually our second dream gym on a mountain. But as Brilliant. you say, it's also 
it's also not it's it's much more than a gym and listen the podcast could be called your dream club um but then i think well i don't know maybe our listening figures would go up but i think we'd be talking about lots of different types of club yes um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but but of course yeah it's much more than a gym um excellent fascinating um and the box uh, we didn't didn't really cover that but presumably there's some kind of boxing rig in there yeah. again getting the kids yeah. in yeah absolutely and again you know i love the whole boxing thing for what it creates um i was fortunate enough to work with david hay when i was working at um yeah space so he used to work there as well would you believe um mm -hmm. and uh, yeah just watching the discipline of the guy and you know what he did and how how he conquered what he did and you know, everybody has an opinion on a fighter, but he generally is a, he's a nice guy. Um, yeah. I think boxing does that to people. It, it, you know, it gives you discipline, it teaches you stuff. And I think, you know, what we're not doing is teaching people to beat people up. What we're teaching people is to move properly and, you know, essentially have that respect of other competitors and things. And I think that's generally what sport does. So, you know, yeah. I don't do boxing for that, but a boxing club, you know, all those sorts of things, all these great clubs that we have in this country, you know, that's where I want them to be based. Um, mm -hmm. Training shed. We used to have the local athletics club, as you can probably imagine, um, in Market Harbour. They used to come to there. You know, if we'd have had the room, I'd have had the cycling club there as well. And I think that's what it's about: is creating community, creating health and well-being hubs. And essentially, if it's netball, I love a game of netball. That's amazing. Basketball courts, football, tennis. Mm -hmm. You know, just put the whole lot together and just get everybody down there and just create a really nice environment. Absolutely, fantastic. Um, I think, and I think actually that 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 will lead on nicely to one of the quick fire questions in terms of challenges and um, uh, measurements. Although we've not got a name for your dream gym, is there a, is there a name for it? Have you got a name in mind for Glenn's dream gym? No, and maybe I'll poll out and let the members name it. Fine, excellent. Might be the easiest way. I Thank could you. say training shed, but that I think that would just be a bit too cliche, wouldn't it? uh yeah for, for for now but well if something comes up or if a poll if a poll happens be before uh, before this goes live we can put it in the notes yeah um, in terms of challenges i know that um there are some big challenges uh, sorry big fitness challenges coming up um with training shared you're actually going out onto the track aren't you i think for for some for some different well-being days um up at st ives but is that is that your next big challenge or have you got other have you got a try or a Oh um, no! I'm, so that's our shed games that I think. Shed games, yeah. Yeah, everybody at the shed has been dreaming about for years, and we just, you know, pandemic kind of kicked us a little bit, so we didn't do it. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're doing that. We've got a couple of people that have qualified for the High Rocks World Championships in the age groups that are going to be doing it. But I, I'm, I will be here, unfortunately, which is, you know, a bit gutting. But um, and I was supposed to be doing that crazy walk with um, Rachel from My Zone and all the My Zoners yeah. um, up in. Uh, the Lake District, I think the Lake and 50, which I did actually start training for. Right. But in, I'm going to be here based on all of the travel problems at the moment. Knowing my luck, I'd end up back there and get stuck back home, which, you know, although wouldn't be a disaster, it could have been a bit, bit frustrating. So at the moment, um, I've got um, nothing on the horizon at the moment. But for next year, what we're looking at doing uh, with the Human Health Group is actually cycling across the Pyrenees. So um, you will get an invite, by the way. Um, and essentially, we're looking to go from Biarritz to Perpignan um, and then just go through um, basically, you know, some of the nice coals that they, they do in the Tour de France and things. Yeah. I've done, I've done that way before. So London to Barcelona, that was amazing. We did Geneva to Nice before. And that's kind of the stuff I like doing. It's, it's not necessarily racing and winning stuff. It's 
kind of going on a journey with friends. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you know, the environment, you know, soaking all that stuff up. Obviously, there's lots of pine trees and, you know, snow and mountains where, I, where we cycle. But, yeah, yeah just, I think going through the Pyrenees, I think we're looking at seven days at the moment. I'll forward nice. you this. It came through yesterday. So, um, okay. yeah, we just like to get a lot of people together um, and uh, just have some kind of experience, life experience while staying fit and healthy. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, yeah. And it's about going on a journey together um, and, as you say, an experience rather than a race or a goal. Absolutely. And it's a great way to get out the school run for seven days as well. <laughs> and and I imagine to get a few extra maps. You definitely get maps, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. You didn't what and what, what would happen if you uh if you forgot to take your MyZone belt with you? I'd probably well, put it this way, last summer when we were here, my wife forgot her MyZone. So I contacted Rachel and I got the Spanish representative to sell me one and send one down by post. So yes. I think that's enough. So yeah, it's, so essential workout again. I think that, that answers that. Um, so one last quick fire question before we wrap up: your your pre or post workout fuel strategy? Um, yeah. What would, you, um, what would you be having before or after a workout? So yeah, I do you know fuel myself correctly? As you probably imagine. So you know, I do love an espresso. I just like the taste of it. Um, yeah. I tend not to do um, pre workouts. You know, they tend to make me feel a little bit and uh, you know. So, you know, that's just what I feel. Um, during the workout, I normally drink electrolytes, especially when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, to, you know, especially when I'm biking, um, like today. Normally take a few snacks with me, like malt loaf and, you know, flapjacks and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely needed the banana malt loaf at the top of the mountain this morning, that's for sure. Um, and then post, normally what I did, like I got home today and I had my overnight oats with fruit and, you know, got my carbs in and things. Um, I've actually forgotten to have my protein, but it's in the freezer because it was um, melting in my back pocket. So I'll go and have that in a minute. But yeah, I normally have a little bit of protein, a bit of carbs, as you would imagine, you know, the, the stuff that you should have, but as long as it's tasty. Um, and I've just, I don't know why, but I've just learned, well, not learned, but I had a brainwave the other day and I was just like, why don't we put an orange in the freezer? Try it. Put an orange in the freezer and take yeah. it out, slice it up, amazing okay though there you go you heard it here well i presume a lot of people will like would have heard that here first i will go and try it now yeah i'm sure i've nicked it off jamie oliver or somebody but i it just popped into my head and i tried it and it's it's like having like having a sorbet ice cream it's amazing yeah but yeah. hydration electrolytes vitamin c all the you know all the good things that you need after workouts perfect yeah no, absolutely. Um, yes, listen, fruit and, and anything that's that's you know as, as natural as you can, which comes back to the environment thing as well, right? End of the day, just just put overnight oats, put natural stuff in you, and you can't go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, excellent, Glenn. It's been a pleasure, as I knew it was going to be. Uh, if uh, if people want to connect, the best way to reach out to you and and, and find out more about you. Find me on LinkedIn, obviously, um, or you can send me an email to Glenn at Training Shed, G-L-E-N at TrainingShed.com. But, yeah, happy. all my details are on LinkedIn. So give me a call. I like to talk to people. Um, yeah. Zoom or, you know, if I prefer face-to-face, obviously, but yes. you know, Zoom has its benefits. Face-to-face. Lots of face-to-face opportunities at, at all, all the fitness industry events, including those uh, with the collective. But um, And, yes, you'll be on. We'll be, we'll be hearing more from the Training Shed, I'm sure. Um, and um, the well-being score in future. Ask the experts, um, or, or, or look up or look up those in the archive as well. For sure. Thanks again, Glenn. 
look forward to well yeah enjoy enjoy the rest of your time in spain and look forward to seeing you when you're back brilliant enjoy latitude and i'll speak to you very soon cheers cheers Hi, it's Guy back again quickly with some thank yous and details of next week's guest. Firstly, a big thanks to you, as always, for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you've got questions, comments, then please get involved online using the hashtag YourDreamGym. A big thanks, of course, to Glenn for joining us and for his time. Always great to catch up with Glenn. Um, and what an amazing mountaintop gym uh, he has as his dream gym. And someone else who wants to train with The Rock. Maybe that's something for a future episode of Your Dream Gym or one of the other podcasts that we are cooking up on The Collective coming soon. Um, do look out on Facebook and LinkedIn and indeed YouTube for some Ask the Expert content and for some roundtables that we've got coming out from The Collective over the coming weeks. Also have a look at the event which Wellonomics have actually sponsored that we're going to in December to the UCI track cycling at the London Velodrome. Um, and yeah, look out across all the socials for collective news and more content that hopefully you will be able to share and that will help you to collaborate and grow with more fitness industry professionals. If you know anyone else who wants to get involved in the collective in any way, then please reach out on the social media or drop me an email to guy at ggfit.com. Finally, next week, we will be talking to Peggy Vo, who is the director of global marketing at ifit so it's going to be a great episode look out for that one in your podcast screen if you subscribe if not then like and subscribe now and you'll find that in your stream next tuesday thank you again for listening and i will see you soon